you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. What an honor it is to come across your airwaves. Thank you. Thank you for uh, uh, tuning us in. Thank you for listening to this broadcast. You're all pretty awesome, and we're just thrilled to have you and know you. And uh, with me, as always, my friend Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Hey, good morning, Doug, from an ex- from a nice Phoenix and excited Kevin, because uh, I, some of my kids are flying in here tonight. Praise God. It's a, it's a wonderful time when the kids show up. And, uh, I know that, you know, it's funny. You, you spend your whole life raising them up to get out and do what they got to do in life. And then as soon as they leave, you spend the rest of your life trying to get them back in. And, uh, it's just how things work. And, uh, uh, but I'm, I'm glad you have that opportunity and what a place to do it. So I'm going to let you folks in on a little secret. This isn't Aaron for a few weeks, but, uh, Kevin's going to be taking his family up to the grand Canyon. One of the coolest places I've ever been in my life. And Mm -hmm. and I certainly know they're going to enjoy that. It used to be a hamburger joint right down the road from the main gate. And it was maybe seven or eight, you know, there's some stuff kind of when you get away from the Canyon a little bit, this town blows up out of nowhere, but there's a hamburger joint, brother, look it up. It will change your life. I had a double and it was a pound of burger. Glory to God. And, uh, <laughs> it was more hamburger than my mother used to feed five kids when she'd make spaghetti when, when I was a little Praise kid. Oh man, that burger changed me and it had just the right amount of season. But anyway, here we are. We're looking at, you know, these types of people. So we, we've left that lion uh, to avoid responsibility. And, I, and I'm telling you, that put us in a tough place. Messed me up so bad. I thought the time was done. And, and now we're, uh, you know, these people, they, they rewrite history. I, I know I keep saying that to you, but that'll help you as you're looking at what a narcissist is and, and things of that nature. I remember I called a Bible professor of mine, very, my favorite, one of my favorite people in life. I, I probably had 30 classes with him in the seminary. I mean, just a great guy in, in college, just a wonderful guy. And uh, I called him up and said, I'm going through this. He says, I'm sorry. You know, this guy's a narcissist, Doug, and you need to get away. And, uh, so recognize that because, uh, these people can never be at fault. These people will rewrite history and they'll blame shift. They'll say, well, I had nothing to do with that. That was actually Doug's fault. That was actually Kevin's fault. Kevin made that happen. Uh, I was just there trying to fix it. And some of this stuff stuck to me, but I would never do that. And, and you know, Kevin, those real narcissists, the ones who are really good at it, they can drop the crocodile tears. I mean, they can, they're the people that can, uh, in a dime. I mean, these people should be actors and actresses. You know, they, they should go out to Hollywood. They're so good at it. But I love David. I was just telling Kevin just a couple of minutes ago, you know, here's David in Psalms. He's singing to people. He's writing songs about how messed up he is and taking responsibility. And over in Psalm 32, 5, he's out there singing like John Denver. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine in equity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the inequity of my sin. Folks, is an answer to narcissism. If you're a narcissist, you got to give those transitions, uh, you know, you, you, you got to give those um, 
boy, I, I'm all right. You got, transgressions. Trans, uh, thank you, brother. I'm reading the wrong verse underneath here. Hey. You got to give those transgressions <laughs> to God. And then yeah. there's another step. And, there, and, and we all know the other step is we got to confess our faults one to another. We got to go to these folks mm-hmm. and say, hey, I messed you over. And the problem yeah. narcissists, they're usually not big enough men or big enough women to do something like that, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking earlier today about, um, uh, I want to say Lazarus, but who's the guy that climbed the tree and um, to, to Nicodemus? see Jesus? Was that Nicodemus? Uh, no. No, it was, uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Yeah. 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 One of the, one of those Greek names. Yeah. Uh, so, or yeah. So Zacchaeus was up the tree there and, um, uh, Z- anyway, Zacchaeus was, um, he said, he said, Lord, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm getting right with you. And if I've taken anything from anyone, if I've done anything, I want to, uh, what did he say? I, I restore fivefold, I think is how he put it. And, um, so basically the idea of what you just said, confessing it to others, restitution, making things right with people. So, you know, I'm remembering when I did, you know, some stuff back before I was saved and I'm, and, and I caught myself confessing it to God and God's like, I don't even know what you're talking about, but what, what I was feeling some shame and some guilt was, was, you know, maybe there's some people that I did unjustly back in those days. And, uh, so I just kind of made a little decision even this morning in my personal time with God to go, uh, to go, you know, just to, to, to pour out some love and just to love on those people's uh, a little bit more. So, um, yeah. yeah, God got, God has set it up that, um, but by doing right, he can set everything right, but it's going to take, uh, us, you know, going to God and then it's going to take us going to people as well. You know, as we talk about, uh, you know, the topic about, um, you know, blame shifting. So Zacchaeus owned his, his faults. He didn't say, well, you know, I was just doing what I was commanded to do. And, uh, you know, he said, you know what, regardless of what my job description is, I didn't, I failed with God's job description. And, um, you know, if you've been, if you've been living with a narcissist and I'm just thinking right now, brother, just shift into a dear wife or a dear husband who lives with someone who's always shifting blame, that'll wear on you. That will wear you out. Um, you know, uh, when I was young, there was a friend of the family who's, who's passed away now, but she was kind of a paradox. She, uh, she tried so hard to be happy, but I think one of her tactics was she, she exuded, she projected guilt and blame wherever she was. So if you were in the room with her, you were going to feel guilty. She was going to say, I wish you were doing this. I wish you were help. I'm here doing dishes. Why isn't anyone doing dishes? And suddenly the room, you know, just everyone paid attention to her. And, uh, if she was in a bad mood, someone in the circle was to blame. So the, the net result was people escaped her whenever possible. And, uh, she was just, she was quite a, um, she was quite a guilt in inducer. <laughs> I remember there <laughs> I was a time, like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a, there was a time where, uh, she and her hubby had a, they had, they had a boat. It was like a houseboat years ago. And they had friends that stayed with them a few days on that houseboat. So the first day these friends became miserable because 
they were just made to feel miserable because of something that, that she, you know, felt like they were to blame for, like everyone was. And, um, it's kind of funny because the first night during the night in the middle of the night, while, uh, the friend of the family and the, well, the, the husband and wife slept, these friends called secretly for another boat to silently slide up alongside. And they stepped into this boat and, uh, but in the morning, uh, when the sun came up, they were gone. And, um, but the, you know, the sad thing is the woman was clueless as to why, uh, people wanted to get away. You know, she had this nice side and, in her mind, that's all that mattered that justified the bad side. But, uh, you know, it's kind of sad because there's people that are living in a marriage relationship, Doug, where if there's a financial issue, it's going to be your fault. If there's a, if there's, if, if there's an enemy is intimacy issue, it's your fault. Uh, if there's a problem with the kids, it's your fault. And, uh, you know, that'll just wear you out, brother, to have the blame always shifted on you. What do you think we ought to do about it. Well, I think we got to, you know, I think I've been there, unfortunately, and, and I'm glad that this tax collector from Jericho gave us a lesson, you know, climbed a tree and said, I'm messed up, God. And God said, there's salvation today. I remember that now. I just listened to that the other day. And, and, but you know, here's exactly what you got to do, folks. If you're living with a narcissist and you know it, uh, you got a couple options. And uh, your first option is if you're married to them, really, you got to get biblical counseling and God can change people. I've seen him do it a few times. Uh, but if you're not married to that person and you have some type of relationship with them, you're not required to be abused. It, it just doesn't happen. And you're not, if you're married, you're not required to be abused. If you got to go stay with mom for a little while or, or kick yeah. the guy out to sleep in his pickup truck or gal until they can get their heart right and go through counseling. And, 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 you know, I'm thinking of our lives, you know, sometimes in our lives it's hard, but you know, you were talking about Zacchaeus there and I remember him standing there, you know, being real, being honest, a guy who ripped off tons and tons of people and said, but God is more important than how I look, how I feel, the money I owe, and what I got to do. And, and folks, no matter how you think your relationship is with a person or how they've love-bombed you or how they've set you up or whatever the case may be, God is more important. And sometimes you got to pull his Ikeas, just climb a tree and say, God, I'm over here. I messed up. Mm. I messed up. And that's okay. You know what God does? He takes care of you. We'll be right back. return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. You know what? I think the saddest thing the number one saddest thing about blame shifting is, is these great people, Kevin, these wonderful people after a while, if they stay with this and, and they're constantly being blamed, they're constantly the bad person. They're constantly the wrong person. It starts working on your psyche and you start believing it brother. And that's why yeah. it's so important. We need to look to this and say, no, we're not going to do this. Yeah. You know, they, um, they call that Machiavellian tactics. In other words, there's, uh, yeah. um, 
the, the communists, I think they kind of have adopted that as their whole way of doing things. And also, as we see it happening in our government today, in other words, that's where you're going to lie about people. You're going to shift the blame, whatever it takes. Uh, you, the ends justifies the means. And uh, Machiavelli, I forget his first name, but, um, you know, some some Italian name, but he, Nikolai or something like that. But he wrote that book called uh, The Prince. And, uh, and it basically said, hey, in order to run a country smoothly, you're going to have to destroy anyone that stands personally in your way. And unfortunately, that's what happened to, 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 you know, that's what they used against Jesus because they said, oh, for the good of Israel, you know, if we, if we give heed to him, Rome is going to come and take our country away. So it's good that one man die for the people. And of course, they didn't realize that they were actually fulfilling scripture. He was dying for their sins and everyone else's sins as well. And, and praise the Lord for it. But those that tactic that says, um, you know what, it's it, 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 this, what we're doing is not wrong. It's simply for the greater good of everyone. We're going to you know, we're going to do the Bill Gates. We're going to cut the population by, you know, this, this, uh, slice of the pie. It's for everyone's good and whatever, whatever it takes, you know, uh, you know, it, it could be chemical warfare. It could be biological warfare, it, just whatever it takes. That is okay. And that's that different breed of virtue that's outside the scriptures that says for the community good, we're going to squash freedom and squash opposition and squash um, people that, that ha, you know, take objection to what we're saying. But I'm just so glad that we have a God that's, that, uh, you know what, when they used it on him, he, uh, he knew when to keep his mouth shut and uh, he didn't join them. But he uh, he stayed victorious and he always committed himself to God when he when he knew, of course, he knew all along. But when he as a man knew he was he was going to die soon, he said, Lord, I'm committing my spirit to your hands. And that I think that's going to be the the case for anyone that's the first line is like Zacchaeus say, Lord, here I am. I'm committing, you know, drawing a, a chalk circle around me. And within this chalk circle, I cannot control anyone else out there, but have your way in my life. Do whatever it takes. Whatever. And uh, yeah. you'll come out of that thing on a resurrection ground, brother. Oh, you'll be living on high ground. And and, and we all have so much we're going to have to apologize to God for. And I think just standing in the presence of a holy and wonderful God is going to throw us on a ground with repentance and uh, just wishing we served him better. And, you know, I think the thing, as we talk about Zacchaeus, I've been thinking in my mind, I should have looked it up, but, you know, I'm going back to all of the people there were messed over by Zacchaeus. You know, everybody knows who the tax collector is. Everybody knows who the guy who shows up when the, the fishing's not real great, when the crops aren't working out very good, but he's coming and uh, he'll make a deal with you. Oh, you can't pay this week. Next week, just give me 10% more. And here's a guy sitting on something that's very, and, and you know, for the love of money, it's the root of evil. And, and I'm telling you, all of a sudden he sees God high and lifted up. Here's God walking along hundred percent man, hundred percent God. And all of a sudden, Zacchaeus gets it. And that's how 
narcissists are going to be changed. They need to see God high and lifted up. It's not about their kingdom. It's not about their leadership. It's not about being a Baptist warlord. It's not about uh, having as many people in your tribe as you can make. It's not about having people in your tribe stick up for you and, and, uh, and tell you it's all about grace. It's not about any of that. When you see God, and these folks need to see God, and sometimes, you know, canceling a friendship, uh, and say, no, I am not going to deal with this narcissist. Maybe once in a while that'll bring someone to the altar of grace. Uh, but what we're talking about here, I think it's very important that we need to remember that our emotional health is at stake. Our spiritual relationship with that God who's high and lifted up is at stake. When people are shifting blame to us, slamming us around, it's pretty hard to be a witness for your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's pretty hard to be able to stand up and say, listen, my God saved me. My God looked out for me. Uh, my God's got my back. And they say, no, he doesn't. What are you talking about? That's what an unsaved person is saying. We see the way your wife or husband treats you. We see what's going on. You're just a worm. You're a shadow of what somebody would call a Christian. And folks, to me, that's more damaging to my relationship with God than anything else. My relationship with God was damaged by, not, by my narcissist. And because of that, people who are in my life and love me and follow me and want to be part of me, people I follow and love and stuff, missed out on a relationship for a period of time that I couldn't share with them. I was not in a place where I could say, let me tell you about how great God's been to me. I was not in a place where I was picking up the phone saying, I miss your brother. I miss your sister. Man, it's great to know you. Can I pray for you? And they're going to go, Doug, what are you going through? Why are you putting up with this crazy stuff? And folks, that's where we can live if we're not careful. That's the devil's address for us. The devil's address is to live somewhere down the road where you're under someone's thumb. That's where the devil wants you to live. He wants you to be repressed. He wants you to be in bondage. He wants your life upside down. And Kevin, if we're not careful, we'll just move there. If we're not careful, we'll follow the devil because we, we, we love this world. Yeah. Yeah. The devil's, um, the devil's tactic is to, uh, to cut us off from, uh, people that love us, people that need us, people that, you know, can help us and we can help them. But yeah, you know, uh, a narcissist is so unlike Jesus because Jesus was Lord of all, but he never went around walking that Lordship. He never insisted on it. Now, you know, he, he walked the truth and he told people, the, the truth, but you know what? He knew when not to say it. So he, when he, whenever he showed up in a town or showed up in a scene, he, he was bringing the good news. So he brought the answer to the problem. He did not walk his superiority intellectually. He did not walk his, uh, moral superiority. Uh, if he got around people that were inferior, by the way, Everyone was yeah. <laughs> and, st and still is. He never marginalized people. He never demonized them for that. And he never villainized people. But on the other hand, a narcissist, like they did with Jesus, they'll do it with you too. And with me, they'll, first of all, <clears throat> they'll watch you. And if they can't, if they can't, uh, um, use you 
you know, if you're a useful idiot, okay, you, they can suck you in immediately. And I see a lot of people that are writing on social media and they just seem to be useful idiots because they don't know what they're talking about. They're just venting or spouting, you know, parroting uh, ideas from other people. And I'm like, what video did you listen to that came up with such a wacko theory? But yeah, but to, but a narcissist will, will use you or recruit you or bribe you or, or threaten you or intimidate you. And if they cannot do that, then it's the, the, the order of the day is they'll marginalize you. In other words, okay, he's just not going to be on the inner circle. Number two, they'll demonize you. They'll say, well, he's got this problem. They'll shift the blame to you that, oh yeah, yeah. Can you tell he's the reason he or she is not comfortable with what's happening is because of their problems. And then thirdly is they'll villainize you where they'll actually say, the, you know, you have broken um, the laws here, uh, you know, whether it's, if they're in government, you know, woe unto you. I mean, you end up in prison, you'll end up losing your head. Yeah. Hey but, folks, uh, uh, this is one time that I'm right to break in. We sure do love <laughs> you folks. May God bless you. Listen, if we could do anything to help you look me up at Doug at wounded spirits.com. May God bless you. Hey, we're going to finish this up tomorrow. Make sure you come back. Thank you for listening to our broadcast at help for wounded spirits. We believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.